Follow on, follow on with Jesus, amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. Well, Dustin Hackett has a birthday today. Oh, no, he said, no, he said, shh, didn't he? I, I, I'll tell you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see these guys on the front row hold him. I think Janice would like to give him a birthday spanking. You think you guys could hold him? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of fridge, brother. <laughs> we might even sick Sean on you, amen. <laughs> Genesis chapter 19. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able to. Genesis chapter 19. Very familiar portion of scripture with Lot. And, and after Abraham and him had separated, he went down to Sodom and dwelt there in, in not a good situation there. Chapter, tw or chapter 19, verse 12, begin reading there. It says, And the men said unto Lot, These are angels that come to him. They're going to get ready to destroy the uh, city and the plain around it, the other cities around it also. It says, And the men said unto, unto Lot, Haste, or Hast thou uh, there any besides son-in-law and thy sons and daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold on his hands and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy, for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape unto the mount, or escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O, oh, not so, my lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found, if thy servant, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold now, this city is near to thee unto, uh, near, uh, near to fleet unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city, for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore, the name of this city was called Zoar. Look with me back in verse 15. It says, When the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Hastening Lot. Hastening Lot. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We need your presence, we need your power, we need your direction. 
Lord, it's no good for us just to come together, sing some songs, and read some words, and say a few things over the words. But Lord, we need the presence of God in the services this morning. Lord, you've already promised that. You've promised that, Lord, in prayer. You've promised that, Lord, also in your word. When you said we're two or more gathered together, Lord, there in the midst you'd be. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us in a special way. Speak to hearts, challenge lives. Lord, for someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ their Savior, if they do not know that they'd go to heaven today if they died this very moment, Lord, I pray that this would be the day that they would turn their hearts to you and receive you as their personal Savior. Lord, the time is clicking off. Your return is soon. Help us, Lord, to be busy about your work, but help us, Lord, to reach the lost before it's too late. We pray for our nation. We pray for those, Lord, who are hurting and those who are in difficult straits. And, Lord, I pray now that you be with us. Bless the preacher of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Said so in the morning he arose, and then the angels hastened Lot. They hastened him. To hasten is to hurry or to speed, to do quickly, a great urgency. There's a need uh, that it needs to be done quickly. Uh, when there's things on that say a house is on fire, there's a there's an urgency. There's a need. There needs to be done something quickly about it. There needs to be a hastening to it. The angels hastened Lot, and they were hurrying him. They were encouraging him to leave. They had come to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and the plain that's around it. A lot of times we think of when they destroyed it, they just destroyed a city. No, if you look at it, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. These were cities, and then there was little cities around it and what they called the plain that went around it. Thousands of people that they rained down fire and brimstone upon because of their wickedness, because they had turned against God. They were uh, 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 greatly engulfed in the homosexuality uh, that, uh, that day and time. And it was a wicked, wicked place in that area. And so the cry came up to the Lord, and so the Lord decided to destroy it. We live in a fast-paced world where we're, where we're at right now. I mean, everything's got to be fast, fast. We got to have it now. We got to have it. You know, we, we don't want to wait. We want it right now. You got drive-throughs. It's amazing. I go to uh, McDonald's or someplace like that to drive-throughs because that's the quickest way, you know. And and you're sitting there in line, and people they're they're behind you, and they get tired of waiting, so they leave. Because it's not fast enough. We want it fast. We want it quicker than, than, than what it is. We've got microwave ovens in our homes. I mean, instead of uh, taking uh, 45 minutes to an hour to cook something, we can do it in about three minutes or, or less. And, and it's amazing what we like to have done so quickly. We have... Uh, all kinds of, of different things that, that speeds up our day and helps us and hastens us along the way. We have email instead of snail mail and we have all the cell phones uh, that you don't even have to, you know, anymore you can pick it up and say, Siri, call so-and-so and it calls it. You don't even have to punch in their number anymore. It's all for the speed of it and the convenience of it. Our lives are hastened on a quickly way and, and doing many things fast because we want it. Yet why is it the most important aspect of our lives, our spiritual life, that there's no hastening or urgency? I'm speaking of living for the Lord and doing that which He desires us to do. It seems like that concerning the things of the Lord, those things get put on the slow boat. It seems like they get shoved back in the corner. It seems like they're put back number two, number three, number four in our lives, and they're not hastened in our lives. It's when we get to it, we'll take care of it. It's I'll get to it one of these days, and we're not hastened. 
Well, I want to look at this this morning and see what the Lord has for us there. First of all, the righteous need to be hastened. The righteous, you say, well, preacher, well, what about the lost? We'll get to that in a minute. But the righteous need to be hastened, need to be encouraged to, to, to start doing what the Lord wants us to do right now. Not waiting, but hastening and doing it. And, and, and we find here in Genesis 19, 15, it says, And when the morning arose, and the angels hastened Lot. A lot of people, when they think about Lot, don't think about the fact that Lot was a righteous man. But actually, he was what the Bible says. He was a righteous man. He was a, he was a just man is what the Bible says. Uh, uh, in fact, in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7 and 8 says, and, and delivered just Lot, talking about the type of person that he actually was, a just man. He, he knew the Lord. Vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelling among them. See, it calls him a righteous man. Dwelling among them. In seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He was vexed. He was there. He knew the Lord. He knew uh, uh, what, uh, what the Lord had done in, in, in his presence when he was with Abraham. He had seen the hand of God move powerfully. And he'd heard Abraham talk to God. He had been around that. Abraham had raised him up and taught him about the Lord. He was in a place where he, he knew God. But he went down to Sodom. Went down to a wicked city, dwelt there, was there for quite a while, and, and the things begin to happen, and instead of standing up for the Lord and doing what he should have done and maybe even moving out of there, uh, it, the Bible says that it vexed his righteous soul uh, from day to day. Vexed means to wear and to toil on it. To wear something down. to If you vex something, you wear it down. You weaken it. And his righteous soul was weakened as a righteous man. He no longer stood like he should have for the Lord. He talks about being harassed or oppressed when you talk about vexed. By remaining in that ungodly city, Lot was worn down spiritually. He didn't take, uh, didn't take a stand. He didn't live for the Lord in an open fashion. He was oppressed and worn down. He gave in to their ways in order to be a part and fit in. You know, today we see that all around us. Christians, those who know Jesus Christ, their Savior, instead of taking a stand, they begin to sidestep a little bit and, and go a little bit towards the world. They're not going to go all the way, but what's happening is while they're in there, they're being vexed, they're being harassed, they're being pushed down, they're being wore down, and, and no longer do they have the strong stand that they used to have. Sad to say, I see a lot of churches that way today. No longer taking the stand for the Lord. See, the Word of God called him a righteous soul, a just man. The angels had to hasten him, though. They had to hurry Lot and his family to leave. They were still dragging their feet, even though the angels had told them that they were going to destroy it. If you look there in verse 13, it says, We will destroy this place. Because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Here you've got two angels standing there talking to him, and, and he knows that they're angels. Uh, if you go back, you'll find as they came into the city that he recognized that they were angels, and he brought them into his house, and the, the wicked men of the city that were homosexuals wanted to, him to send them out so that they could have their way with them, and he wouldn't do it. And the, the angels blinded those men. He seen the work of those angels as he blinded them. He knew that they were from God. And they said, we need to get you out of this place. We're going to destroy it. We're going to destroy it. 
But he lingered. He wasn't no hurry to get out. The wickedness was all around him and he was wrapped up in it. His roots had went so deep. Likewise, we read and hear the preached word of God about the coming judgment, the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. If there seems to be no haste in our lives to serve the Lord, we seem to be dragging our feet about the things of God in our lives. I'll take care of it later. I'll change this in my life later. I'll become more faithful later. And we begin to drag our feet like Lot was, just as they instructed Lot and his family to come out of that wicked place we've been told to separate from the evils of this world. The world that is turning drastically the wrong direction. We're to live a righteous and a holy life before the lost world so that they also might come out and receive Jesus Christ their Savior. In 2 Corinthians 6, 17, he says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And what we find is that we're going to be among this world, but we don't have to be a part of them things that they do. Jesus, in fact, in John 17, he prayed for you and I in his priestly prayer. He prayed this. He said, Father, I, I pray that you not take them out of this world, but keep them from the evils of this world. Why? Because he wants us to be salt. He wants us to be light. He wants us to be a testimony that magnifies him so that others can see a difference in our lives. Yet many times we linger too much with the world and we, and we don't hasten to the things of God. We don't quickly get in, in line with the Word of God and follow the Lord. Then we see that Lot had to be forced to leave. Look at verse 15 again. It said, When the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters that are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Verse 16 says, And while he lingered, the men laid hold on his hand and upon uh, the hand of his wife and upon the hand of the two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. The angels hastened them. They strongly, first of all, they strongly, in verse 15, you find that they strongly encouraged him verbally to hurry and obey the command of the Lord. They were uh, messengers from God. He knew that they were messengers from God. And yet he was lingering. He was waiting. He was pausing. He wasn't moving quickly. If we was to holler out in here that there's a, this, this building's engulfed in fire. Get out those doors. Get out the, entry, the exit way out here and out there. Get out of here. People would begin to scramble. But why is it that when the Lord speaks and that He's coming to bring destruction upon the world, that we linger, we drag our feet, and we don't get stirred, and we don't move towards the things of God? He wasn't listening. He was thinking, well, maybe it won't be so bad. I don't know. You see, we have the message from the Lord today to guide, into obe uh, uh, guide us into obedience to the Lord before that judgment comes. We have the Word of God that we can read. 
We have the, the Spirit of God that dwells within the born-again believer. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have God, and you're not your own, for you've been bought with price. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. The Holy Spirit dwells within them. Those who have Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we're to listen to that leadership. We have the preached word as, as preachers and teachers get up and teach and preach and to stir and to guide us. We have uh, godly examples that have come before us. We've got good old gospel hymns and songs that stir our hearts that was written by different ones like Fanny Crosby and different ones on down through the ages that have a message of God. There should be a hastening to obey the word of God in our lives and to be zealous for the Lord. In fact, one of those songs is trust and obey. When, I walk, I, uh, when, when we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. No burden we bear, no sorrow we share, but our toll He doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all the, on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows, the joy he bestows, and for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We have the hastening of the Lord to stir our hearts, to bring us close to Him. The preaching of the Word, you pick up the Bible and you see what's taking place and you, and you can see that He's hastening us to live for Him and to serve Him in this last days. Hey, listen, you think that everything that's going on in this world is just something that, that, uh, that, that's going to change automatically? No, my friend, it's a hastening to get us to wake up and to understand the Lord's getting ready to come back. But the angels had to do more than just warn them to get Lot to move from Sodom. Look at verse 16 again. But while he lingered, the men laid hold on his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. And they brought him out of the city. Come here, Blake. Come here, White. It's just like this. The angel of the Lord said, listen, God's going to destroy this place. You need to get out of here. Get your wife, get your two daughters, get out of here, Lot. I'm telling you, get out of here. God is going to destroy it. The angels was telling him. They'd already seen the power of those angels striking those men blind. They knew that they were from God. And then they lingered there. They lingered, they stand there, and finally, they wasn't, they wasn't moving. So what he did, he, he reached, the angel reached out and he grabbed him and said, Come on, get out of here. Come on. And set them outside. Thank you, fellas. You know what's even sadder than that? It's the mere fact that, he, that they even wanted to linger. The angels had to forcibly take them outside the city after they had told them that he's going to destroy the city. But like I said, what's worse than that? It's here we sit. You have the word of God in your hands. 
the Spirit of God speaks to your heart. We have understanding of prophecy. What's going on in this day and time is, is leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. Many times we don't stop and we, our problem is we're lingering. Or says, I want you to live for me, Christian. I want you to serve me. I want you to obey me. And we, well, I get around to it. I'm going to one of these days, Lord. I'm going to live for you one of these days. But right now I've got this to do. I've got this to do. And we're lingering and we're standing back. And, and yet we have the warning. And now he's, the Lord is trying to move us. Trying to get us to go forth. Trying to get us to, to leave the, this, this, this place of, uh, 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 of wickedness behind us and start living for the Lord. You might say that they had to drag them out. So many times the struggles that we face. Listen to me. So many times the struggles that you're going to face in this life is the Lord laying His hand around yours and wrapping, wrapping His hand around yours and dragging you away from the place in your life that you shouldn't be. Trying to get you to wake up. Trying to get you to understand because you wouldn't listen to the Word of God because you wouldn't pay attention to the preaching of the Word of God because you wouldn't listen to the Holy Spirit of God. So the Lord begins to move things into your life to stir you up to move you out. To get you out of there. Why would the Lord do that? Why did the Lord notice here what the Lord did when He forced them out? Says when he lang- and while he lingered, the men laid hold of, upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of two daughters. And look at this, the Lord being merciful. The Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set them without the city. It's of the Lord's mercy that he brought him out. God didn't have to remove Lot and his wife and his, his daughters. Lot was living a wicked life. He wasn't living for the Lord. Lot was living among the people and, and, just, uh, uh, and not standing up for the Lord. I'm not saying he was involved in all the other junk. I'm just saying he wouldn't stand for the Lord. He wouldn't, he wouldn't live for the Lord. And, and we'll get into it in a minute. But the, the fact is he didn't even have enough influence to, to influence his other daughters and their husbands to get them out of the city. And they died. And they died. Oh, think about the influence that you have on those around you. Your neighbors. Your children. Your grandchildren. Your co-workers. My friend, it's a terrible thing that God has to do something in our lives just to get us to tell them about Jesus Christ. To live a life that will reflect Jesus Christ. Oh, how we need to be hastened to live for the Lord. Lamentations 3 and verse 22 and 23 says, It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed by, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Can I tell you this morning? It's by the mercies of God that we're even alive today. It's by the mercies of God that any of us ever got saved. It's by the mercies of God that after with salvation that He even puts up with us. I'm going to say it again. It's, it's by the mercies of God that He puts up with us after we get saved. Amen. The fact is, is that, hey, listen, we have a loving and a merciful God. But that mercy will only go just so far. He hastened them. He drugged them out of the city because of His great mercy. Oh, we need to hasten. 
Notice here the wasting of precious time. Verse 16 says, while he lingered. And I see so many times I look at Christians today and I think we're wasting precious time. Precious time. Dustin, how old are you today? Huh? 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 (laughs) 32. 32. Can I tell you something? You'll never see 31 again. Well, I'll tell you what, sometimes I, I, those guys are out there playing basketball, and I think, man, I, I'm going to go out go there and play some ball with them. Man, I used to play basketball, love playing basketball, and I'm thinking, you're an idiot if you do. <laughs> They'll be carrying you off the court. You'll have sprained ankles, maybe broken bones. And boy, you just don't heal like you used to. The fact is, is that, hey, the time even that you're here today, the hour, two hours, you'll never get it back. But I hope it's a good the two hours that was worth the two hours that you put in. But the same way, you can't take back that time. We linger and we waste so much time when we see these kids growing up. It may be your children. You watch them grow. You see them getting older. And my friend, if you're not putting the Lord in them, if you're not getting the Word of God to them, if you're not raising for the Lord, you're wasting precious time. One day they'll walk out of that door and you'll not have the ability to influence their lives to do right like you do now. People that you work with, they're watching you. They know that you claim to be a Christian. And my friend, one of these days, you'll retire, they'll retire, they'll move, you'll move, something will happen. They'll never see you again. Don't waste precious time. Let them see the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell them about what the Savior's done in your heart and life. Today, we find so many people wasting time. Hey, listen, we, I, I, their time is too short to waste it. We've got to live for the Lord. Miss, Miss Brown lived to be, what, 90, 97. She passed away yesterday, 97. Oh, boy, that's a long time. But I bet you if Miss Brown could stand here, if I would ask her, Miss Brown, what do you think they ought to do with their time? She'd probably tell you, don't waste time. Live for the Lord today. Put Him first in your life. Even if she had 97 years. In fact, the Bible says none of us know how long we're going to live. The Bible says, what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeared for a short time and vanisheth away. It's gone. They was wasting their time. There's much for us to do as Christians. The time is flying. And the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is soon, but we're lingering. And Romans 13, 11 says, and that knowing the time, as we look around, we see all these things taking place. And I'll get into a second, but... I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. When we begin to see all these things taking place of, uh, uh, in prophecy of, of what's going to happen in the last days, we're seeing it happening before our very eyes. Before our very eyes, we're seeing it unfold, the Bible unfolding right before Jesus Christ returns for the church. And those who are left behind that don't know Jesus Christ their Savior will be sent into the seven-year tribulation, a literal hell on earth for seven years then eventually be cast into the lake of fire. 
says, and that knowing the time that now it's high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. It's getting closer to the, the Lord's return. The Lord is trying to hasten us by signs of, of the times as we see the closing out of the ages before eyes. Jesus said in John 9, 4, he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. There's coming a time that it closes out, folks. It's going to be over. We must hasten now. We must be quick now. We must live for the Lord now, not tomorrow. Now we must live for the Lord. Amen. This is the only day that any of us have. We must hasten to reach the lost before the return of the Lord. And in verse 12 of, of Genesis 19, look here what the angel said. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou any besides son-in-law and thy, son, and thy sons and, and, and thy daughters and, and whatsoever thou hast to see? Bring them out of this place. For we're going to destroy this place. Lot goes to him. He talks to his sons-in-law. He evidently had more than, than one because it called him sons-in-law. And so he went and talked to them, and they laughed at him. Here's what happened. Lot waited so long in his life for living for the Lord that even with the message of destructions coming, they thought, I don't believe it. His influence was gone. My friend, we can't wait. Today, we don't know what's going to happen. Tomorrow, we don't know if we got it tomorrow. We must live for the Lord today and, and magnify the Lord and share the gospel with us and reach them before it's eternally too late. We've got to reach the lost before it's too late. You see, Jesus Christ went to the cross. He died in your place and my place. We all owe a sin debt that we can't pay. He paid a sin debt he didn't owe. Somebody has to die for sin, for the wages of sin is death. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Taking your sins and my sins upon him and, and, and dying on the cross and dying for you and me that we could have our sins forgiven. The debt has been paid through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You say, well then, well then preacher, uh, I'm okay then. I don't have to do anything. No, my friend, uh, you must be born again. You must receive Jesus Christ, your Savior. You see, I can give you, I can lay a million dollars down right here and say it's yours, but until you accept it, it's not going to do you any good. Jesus Christ came into the world to, to die for sinners that, uh, that we might have eternal life. He rose again the third day, and because he lives, we can live also. But the Bible says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And in verse 10, after that, it, uh, verse 13, after that, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Otherwise, you have to make a commitment with your heart. To receive him as your Savior. You can know about him. You can read about him. You can go through baptismal waters. You can join a church. But it will do you no good until with your heart you want him and ask him to be your Savior. And to forgive you of your sins. All today, he's hastening you. That's why you hear the word of God coming forth. Please receive him as your Savior. Please receive him quickly before it's eternally too late. No one in this room knows that they have a tomorrow. 
The sad part is, is that Lot waited too long and his son-in-laws mocked him. They died in the destruction. While you linger without Christ, you're getting closer to an eternal fire of hell. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, it says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Why? Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what's going to take place. You don't know what's going to happen. While we linger, the Lord hastens also. He's hastening while we linger. In Zephaniah chapter 1, now begin verse 14. A prophetic portion of Scripture here that talks about the last days. It says, the great day of the Lord. And when you see it's talking about the great day of the Lord, it's talking about the wrath of God, the, the judgment of God, the Lord coming back. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteneth greatly. Uh, even the voice of, of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry more bitterly. The day is a day of wrath, a day of, of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against high towers. And I will bring distress upon men and they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out as, the, as dust and their flesh as the dung. Neither, uh, neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by fire of his jealousy, for he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Talking, Zephaniah prophesied of the return of the Lord and spoke of the, the difficult days, the dark days that would come uh, as, a, as he's getting ready to come back. As we look at the signs in the, of the return of the Lord in Matthew chapter 24, we see that that return is near. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 6, see if it sounds like anything familiar that's going on today. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He said, you're going to hear about those things, but the end's not there yet. He said, it's, it's leading up to it. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there should be famines. One of the things that they're talking about right now, in many of the third world countries, they're already hit that famine mark. I've seen pictures of animals dying, laying dried up uh, on, on a desert land where they, they, they were so dry because of, uh, of, of no water and, and the famine was hitting the people already. And, and the, the UN and different ones are talking about all the, the problem because of not getting the wheat and different stuff out from the Ukraine and, and how all the, the pandemic uh, bottleneck of all the shipping has affected and, and causing uh, problems with the, the getting fertilizer because of the war and different things like that. And, and now we're, they're saying we're going to have famine upon famine for a while. He said there should be famines and pestilence. We had COVID, another thing of COVID, another thing of COVID, and some other type of COVID. We've got monkeypox. And now we got tomato pox. What? Tomato pox. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to quit eating tomatoes then. It's not from a tomato. But it's a virus that is out now in India. And bumps getting as large, red bump as large as tomatoes on, on kids and stuff. Things are spreading. Pestilence. 
pestilence. Different things taking place in the world. He goes on, describes more. He said in earthquakes, in diverse places, that means many places. We hear of earthquakes continually now. He said all of these are the beginning of sorrows. He said we're leading right up to it. He said you're going to see these things happen right before I come. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, talking about Christians, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Guess what? It started. It started. Not here in America. Oh, yes, it has. The Biden administration has opened up investigation in the Southern Baptist Convention. They've already said that the Catholic Church is weaponizing the rosary. And on down the line, it's going to go. As they begin to try to take control of even the church. One of the things that the Biden administration even said, they talked about the fact that, that the, they, they talked about the evangelical Christians were a, almost a, should almost be classified as a terrorist group. In basic words, is what they're saying. They're killing Christians in other nations. On goes the list. See what he's saying, preacher? I'm saying it's getting close. And we better be hastening to live for the Lord, to reach those that we can with the gospel before it's too late, before they die. Without Christ. As we see what's happening around us in this world, we're seeing in the very day the hastening of the return of the Lord. He's getting ready. It's getting close. In Revelation 22 and verse 6 says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Same chapter in verse 12, it says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. To give every man according to his work shall be. You see, the Lord's not going to linger. He's going to hasten. He's going to do what he's going to do quickly in his time frame, not ours. My friend, if we linger, we'll feel greater pain from this old world. If we linger, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, if you linger, you'll go on into that tribulation period. Oh, the Lord is hastening us, His return. Lost person, hasten. Quickly come and receive Jesus Christ, even today as your Savior. Don't wait. Oh, preacher, I'll take care of it one of these days. You can't guarantee me you got it tomorrow. Sister Pam over the other night, driving down the highway, Hits a long horn steer. Told it out of the car. Could have took her out. I mean that quick. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. This day and time, we can be here today and gone tomorrow. Make sure you know Jesus Christ, your Savior. Then Christian, 
We only got today. We don't know if we got tomorrow. Live for the Lord today. Don't linger. Don't wait. If there's things that need to be changed in your life, change them. If you need to get closer to the Lord, get closer to the Lord. Don't wait. If there's things that's robbing you of His joy, get rid of them and, and draw nigh to Him. He said if you draw nigh to Him, He'll draw nigh to you. Hasten. Hasten. Don't linger. Let's bow. Father, we thank You for loving us and thank You for the mercies of God. Thank You for Your blessings. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You, Lord, for loving us. Now, Lord, I pray that You'd be with us in invitation. Lord, I, You know the hearts. You know the need. Lord, I know that every one of us, including this preacher, as, as Christians, we need, to, we need to step it up a little bit. We need to quit lingering. We need to get busy. We need to share the gospel with others. We need to live for you in a, in a greater way than we ever have before because you're getting ready to come back. Lord, there may be some here this morning that if they died today, they don't know they'd go to heaven. Lord, would you hasten them, Holy Spirit, hasten them, encourage them to quickly Come, let's take a Bible, show them how to be saved, or find somebody and say, hey, listen, I'd like to know Christ as my Savior. But Lord, may they not put it off. May they hasten. Have your will and way in the invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.